0: Hey everyone, this is the Mr. Mike Agostino, and the views expressed on this show are mine and mine alone. I do not have any affiliation with Sport Lisboa Benfica, I do not represent Sport Lisboa Benfica, I do not represent any Casas do Benfica, any supporters group, any other type of organization officially um, established within Sport Lisboa Benfica. These views are completely mine. They are 100% unsanctioned and 100% independent. Enjoy the show. What's up Benfica Nation? Welcome back to another season. That's right. This is season 2 underway now of Mr. Benfica. I am your host Mike the Mr. Agustinho. How has everyone's summer been going here in the northern hemisphere? Um, how is your winter going in the southern hemisphere? I know we've got listeners all over the world. Um, I'm very excited about Bečka getting off to another season. It's been a while since we've talked. Um, I know I promised you guys some episodes, and they're still gonna come this summer before it's over. All right, um, I owe everybody still an old Zebu episode. Okay, so that's gonna be that's gonna be at the top of my list of priorities. Um, I'm still gonna get that out to you. All right, I'm still working on it, but I did want to get episode 20 in right now because preseason is in. Full swing. The boys are back at work, alright? Two preseason games under our belts already. One win, one loss. Um, Really nothing to be made of either match. Um, I think the preseason starts for real this Sunday. This coming Sunday in Santa Clara, California. When Benfica take on Chivas de Guadalajara. At Levi's Stadium, all right. Benfica have touched down in the United States of America. Uh, their flight from Lisbon landed in San Jose on Monday, um, around around uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time, uh, 9 p.m. in Portugal. Roughly, um, they flew from Lisbon to San Jose with a brief. Stopped for fuel in, of all places, Bangor, Maine. I didn't even know Bangor, Maine had an airport, um, but Bayfica stopped off there. But Bayfica now um, training at Stanford University, and at the time of recording, um, I have just read and it's been tweeted, Bayfica holding an open training session to fans on Thursday, that is tomorrow, Thursday, 10 a.m. Pacific time, obviously, at Stanford University in Palo Alto, California. Um, very exciting, very excited to have Benfica back here in the United States. Um, cannot wait for next week when they make their way to the East Coast. Uh, so uh, we haven't talked in a while. Like I said, it's been tough. Uh, the work life has just been absolutely a grind the last month. Uh, one of my jobs, we got a brand new department, had a new manager who has reorganized my entire department and I've had loads of work. Given to me loads of new uh, tasks that I've been taking on, new projects. Um, I've been just super busy. My other job is just sh- the shipping busy. The shipping business right now is just absolutely uh, booming, um, and we are severely understaffed at the United Parcel Services. Um, that's the company I work for in the early morning hours. So between both jobs, I've really had absolutely no time. To give you a good episode. I have tried on a few Friday nights to get an episode out to you. But the energy levels have just been very low lately. uh, And I don't want to give a poor quality out there. Okay, just in the name of quantity. It's quality over quantity always here on Mr. Befica. So, I do have a story I want to tell everybody. Okay, so um, last last Saturday... um, well, let's go back. Yeah, last Saturday I had plans of recording a podcast. Um, my parents have been in Portugal the last couple of weeks, okay, and I was scheduled to pick them up at Logan Airport on, in Boston last Saturday night. They're supposed to touch down in Boston at ten thirty p.m. Okay, they flew from from Lisbon through Ponta Delgada to Boston. All right, and the idea was I was going to record a pod on the drive to the airport, on the drive to Logan Airport um, in Boston, about a 40-minute drive or so for me along Interstate 90 here in Massachusetts. But um, (laughs) funny story, anybody who um, travels to the Azores is going to be even more familiar with this airline, Sata. And I want to use this platform to tell everyone about Sata and what my parents have dealt with with Sata this year. And this isn't anything new. It's been on local news here in the United States. It's been on RTP in Portugal. Um, Sata's lack of... uh, How do I say this? Lack of delivering um, service. Okay. An airline with... Tons of cancellations, tons of delays every summer, un- for whatever reason, unable to handle the demand of travel between the United States and Portugal, typically through Boston. Okay, my parents got on a plane. Okay, last Saturday morning, early morning in Lisbon, to fly to Ponta Delgada. Okay, my mother's from the Azores, but she has no family left there. Uh, my family that I have in Portugal is all in mainland Portugal in the, you know, in, in the area of Abidus, uh, College de Reina, Peniche, in that area. That's where all my family is based. Um, my mother's family is all here in the United States. So, um, they didn't go to her island, but they decided they were going to take a day and spend the day in Ponta Delgada, um, on the island of beautiful, beautiful island, São Miguel. Okay. Um, an absolutely beautiful island and they had decided that they were going to s- spend the day in San Miguel. Um, they saved some money on their trip that way, so they landed in the around lunchtime in Ponta Delgada. Um, they took a taxi into the city, and they, you know, they went sightseeing. And from what I heard, they had a great time. Um, they get to the airport, and my dad sends me a text message. Okay, uh, from his Portuguese cell phone. Uh, he's got one here, one there. All right, because I could see it was an international number. It was a 011 number texting me. But it's my dad saying, plane is on time. See you in Boston. Uh, phone is dying. Battery is almost dead. So I said, okay, cool. Uh, I took a little nap, uh, knowing it, was, it could be a late night. So this is about 2 p.m. here in the United States, here in, in, in New England, in Boston. Um, I'm taking a, a little nap, and I wake up to three missed calls and a bunch of missed uh Text messages, my sister. All right, my sister down in Providence in Rhode Island texts me with the message, call me ASAP. So I call my sister ASAP. Um, she tells me my parents' flight has been canceled. My parents' flight from Ponta Delgada to Boston canceled. Of course it was canceled. It's SATA. This is what they do. SATA cancels flights. All right. Um, so... <laughs> Of course, I was. I tried texting my dad and his Portuguese uh, cell phone. It doesn't go through. Luckily, I get my vo- my phone starts ringing. My dad's using uh, the Facebook app on his on his iPhone to call me. He's on Wi-Fi in the Punta Delgada airport. He calls me and says, uh, "Yeah." He goes, um, "We don't know when we're coming home." <laughs> uh, he goes, "We uh, we don't know when we're flying home. There's no hotels available in Punta Delgada." There's a feast this weekend. All the hotels are booked solid. So he said, my parents ended up spending Saturday night in the airport in Ponta delgado. They didn't even have an air. They didn't even have a hotel to go to. Okay. So I reach out. I call them Sunday to find out if, if you know if they found a flight for him to come home. And he says to me, nothing today. They've put us in a hotel, and um, I gotta call the airport back tomorrow. Great customer service, of course, from Sata telling you to call back tomorrow. Not saying, you know, not resolving and finding a flight for you. So I'm thinking to myself, you know, my parents got to be at work on Monday. How, how are, how? That's not going to happen if you're flying home on Monday. Now, anyway, Monday comes. I get another message from my dad. He goes, "All right." He goes, "They put us in a five-star hotel in Furnish." Okay. Beautiful place in São Miguel, Furnas, right? My parents are in a five-star hotel. He goes, Wednesday, this is when, I think he's telling me Wednesday he's coming home. But he says, nope, Wednesday, we're flying, Sata's flying us back to Lisbon, okay? They've already crossed halfway across the ocean. They've gone back to Lisboa, okay? And then back to our aldea, back to Oeste, where, where our, our home is in Portugal. My parents are flying home this weekend, this coming Sunday, they got an extra week out of this vacation. Um, I don't know how their employers are going to feel about that when they get back. But just a little story about SATA Air de Soldier, Azores Airlines. And, um, you know, I had a friend once who uh, tried to go to Santa Maria. And I think Sata flew him to every single island in the Azores before they got him to Santa Maria. And I think he, it was almost time to come home when he finally got there. Um, I know it was a short trip. I think he went for a weekend. He left on, on a Friday or something. And it wasn't until like Wednesday that he finally got to Santa Maria uh, just in time to come home. And this is, this is a yearly thing with Sata. So let me use this platform to say do not, do not fly through Sata. When traveling to Portugal,
1: avoid
0: SATA. That's all I have to say. Fly top. You know what? Fly fly Iberia through Madrid if you're going to mainland Portugal. I've done that. I actually enjoy that way. Um, There's plenty of connecting flights. Do not fall for the SATA trap. You will regret it. All right. When we come back, we're gonna we're gonna go into everything that we have missed uh, in the last four and a half weeks since we've had a pod. Okay. Uh, we've got some things to talk about. We got some women's football to talk about. We've got some uh, futsal, men's futsal, women's futsal. We got some basketball, and then we're gonna get into preseason and what we've seen so far from the 2019-20 Sport Lisboa e Benfica stay right there I am the Mr. Mike Agustino find me on Twitter at Benfica Mr on Instagram at Mr. Benfica and this is Mr. Benfica we will be right back here on the PTB Soccer Podcast Network Carrega bem fica, carrega Benfica, Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós. A fé que não se explica.
1: Carrega bem
0: fica, carrega bem fica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós. A fé que não se explica, carrega bem fica, carrega bem fica. Ouve a nossa voz, o querer de todos nós. sozinho em cada esquina um vizinho sinto o carinho do Algarve até ao minho o vermelho pinta tuga e é isso o teu colinho na reconquista do que é nosso por direito que não vi por fazer o que podia ter sido feito se queres a nossa força sabes que estamos contigo em casa ou fora nós somos o eterno abrigo sabes que estamos contigo nós somos o Eterna brilho nossa Welcome back to episode 20 of Mr. Benfica, the official kickoff of season 2 of Mr. Benfica here on the PTB Soccer Podcast Network. All right. Wow, we were away. Here is what has gone down in Befica Nation over the course of this summer. We're going to go back about a month or so. Um, first things first, we're going to close the door on 2018 and 19. The the women's team, the women's football team won the Division 2 National title uh, earlier this summer beating Braga B 9-0 on aggregate over a two-legged final. The ladies obviously now are promoted to the first division, the Liga BPE. And um, some news coming out of that. They did renew the contract with top goal scorer Darlene. The Brazil international has re-signed for another season at Benfica. She's also the team captain. Not returning, however, and this is, this is sad for me, will be manager João March as he has left the club. And he has become manager at Fomalikon, if I'm not mistaken. He is going to be managing the women's team at Fomalikon. Um, very, I, I don't understand necessarily why this change was made, if it was his decision or the club's decision. Um, now I understand why he got so emotional in that press conference when he was asked about next season. And, uh. Maybe the plan all along was for him to just guide the team to the first division. Um, From the games I saw, he was very much loved by his players. Uh, He had a bond with all of the the ladies. Um, I'm very sad to see him go. I thought he was a fantastic manager. And seems like a very class act of a man. Um, What I really appreciated about him was... uh, he took the time. I sent them a, a message on Instagram, uh, you know, congratulating him on the, on the cha- on the, winning the the Taza Portugal, the Portuguese Cup, and he took the time to respond. Like, not many people, in this situation, take the time to respond. And I think I've I've been, even more endeared to the women's team because their players res- have responded. To comments and to messages and to well wishes, and they'll re you know they'll like posts that that you put up, tagging them in and things like that. Whether it's Darlene Jace, whether it's uh, you know Andrea, and uh, um Andrea Faria, well whoever the you know the goalkeeper um Dani Newhouse or Tita, all the different players in the team you know Evie Pereira, the. They just seem reachable, where obviously the men's players don't seem that way, and um, it's very hard to get a retweet. Although, um, big shout out to Alex over Big Fika After 90. Uh, Got a retweet for his daughter's birthday earlier this week, by the way. Happy birthday, Layla. All right, happy birthday from the mister. and the boys at Benfica gave you a, a, a birthday present last Sunday with eight goals on Academica. We'll get to that a little later, but I wanted to give that shout-out while I had the opportunity. But getting back to what I was saying, you know, Jean-Marc really, really looked like a very good manager, and I am disappointed he won't be leading our ladies' team in the first division this year as we try to... Um, we start off right off the bat in a Super Cup game. A Super Tassa rematch against Sporting Braga. The team we eliminated in the semifinals of the Women's Portuguese Cup um, last year. First season in the First Division. Obviously, they're wearing the Benfica badge. They're expected to compete for the title. I'm hoping to see them win the title. Really, really wish that João had been would be leading the team into that season. He... Um, will not be, no word yet that I've seen as to who his replacement will be. But uh, hopefully they will continue the work that he started and the team will continue on. Also, the women's U19 won the national champion as well and staying on women's the women's U15s won the national cup. So Benfica won some titles there also men's futsal won the Liga Sports Zone in the finals. This was this was exciting. Beating Sporting 3 games to 2 in the final in the championship series. The final game, game 5 at our pavilion, okay, came down to the very last second. I mean, uh, with 3 seconds left, Sporting hit the post on a set play and um, really really dramatic series uh Big, big congratulations to Coach Joel Hasha and to Benfica's men's futsal team. They beat the European champions in the final to win the Portuguese championship. Obviously, looking to build on that this upcoming season, hopefully in the Champions League of men's futsal. I want to see Benfica there at the end in the elite in the final four. Okay, Hopefully, um, we'll, we'll get back to that level. Also, the Juvenis won the championship for the second year in a row, the national championship, the B-Campionat for the Juvenis. Um, basketball lost in the LPB Finals, three games to one to Oliveira. Oliveira wins their back-to-back title. They're the B-Campion now in Portugal. Uh, with that said, um, Benfica today announced Betinho Gomes is retur- returning to Benfica's basketball team. Betinho... Was a Benfica player at one time, a long time ago. Um, Was an NBA prospect at one time. May have played in the NBA. I'm not entirely um, certain whether he made an NBA roster or not. But was definitely in the picture to play in the NBA at one time or another. Has played in top European leagues. 34 years old now. Returning home to Benfica. Um, Benfica will make a concerted effort this year to regain the basketball championship. It'll be the Reconquista for basketball this year. Um, women's futsal, I don't want to leave them out, won the three treble, if you will. They were, for the third year in a row, they won the treble. Absolute dominance by Benfica's women's futsal team the last three seasons. Um, the first team, like we said, returned to camp last week. Um, there, Some players have left. A lot have stayed some new guys have come in. Let's go over that really quickly. First, we have the newest uh, the latest renewals, excuse me. And there we have here Andre Almeida, Florentino, and David Tavares all resigned and all now signed until 2024. Um, some new signings have come in also. Yonder Cadiz has come in from Stuwell. The Venezuelan player Chiquinho has come in from Morens. Raúl Tomás, big signing, goes by the name of RDT. He's got RDT on his on his jersey. He's come in for twenty million euros from Real Madrid. Spent last season on loan at Rio Vallecano. Um, scored fourteen goals in the Spanish league on the Spanish league's worst team. I think that's that's an accomplishment. Um, Also coming in has been Caio Lucas. Okay, Caio is a Brazilian player. Benfica signed him from Al Akli of the uh, UAE's football championship. the The I think they're in the Persian Gulf League, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong about that. But he uh, he demonstrated his ability last year in the FIFA Club World Cup. Benfica, good job scouting. Um, From what we've seen so far from him in the two games looks very raw, but I think there could be. There's some untapped talent there, and um, it's definitely a player, I think, if given time, can develop into a definite um, strong player. There's The potential is there. We'll see if he can adapt to the European game, to the Portuguese league. Now, he's going to need more time to adapt, I believe, because... He Not only has he never played in Europe before, he never even played top-level football in his native Brazil. Okay, He came out of Japan. I believe, It looks like he went to high school in Japan if you look at his Wikipedia page. So perhaps he moved to Japan as a young kid. He came up through the Kashima, uh, Kashima Antlers uh, ranks. Debuted as a professional for Kashima Antlers. Uh, then went to the UAE to play for Alakli, and um, now joins Benfica this year on a free, if I'm not mistaken, he came on a free transfer. Nothing to lose there. They did give him the number 7 jersey, which I thought was going to go to either Rafa or Jota, but it looks like uh, it went to the new signing. Um, I'm going to be interested to see what, what goes on with him um, and wh- what he develops into. Uh, aside from that, we also had... Um, some players leaving. This this is where it gets a little sad, obviously. Um, we said goodbye to Jean-Felix a couple weeks ago. But what a deal for Portugal. What a bit on the business side. 126 million euros to Atletico Madrid um, up front. I mean, they paid the exit clause. That money all came in at once. Uh, what, a, what a sign. What a sale. I mean... Um, I can't believe somebody put up that kind of money full for a 19-year-old. He's good, and we'll miss him, but um, it's it's an opportunity for somebody else to step in, for somebody else to step up. And some players have looked very, very hungry at this point. Okay, So we may see someone move into that position. Um, also, very I, emotional about this one because a, a week ago or so, um, in the Jogo the Presentação, Os Sócios, 56,000 people packed into Estadio de Luz to say goodbye to Jonas, okay? Jonas pistoles played his final 10 minutes and 10 seconds on the 10th day of July. Um, wearing the number 10 one last time for Benfica. And I'm not going to lie... Uh, I got, a little, I got a little teary-eyed watching it. I honestly thought he had hurt himself, to be honest. There was one play where he was looking for the penalty kick. Um, he collided with, I believe it was Josue, if I'm not mistaken, the Portuguese center back for Enderlecht, okay, in that game with Enderlecht. Um, the whole team was playing for him for those first 10 minutes. They were trying to get him a shot on goal, trying to get him a goal. I thought he had hurt himself, and I, I was imagining the worst right off the bat. Imagine a player being carted off in his own testimonial, um, that didn't happen, he left the field with the biggest of smiles, in what was a poetic, uh, moment, a passing of the torch, if you will, I hope it's a passing of the torch, cause the kid that came in for him shows so much potential and just so much ability, um, he was subbed off for Tiago Dantes, alright, and it it looked like Pai Filho, like father and son, um, they the joke was that he was he was Jean Felix's papai last year on the team, and João Felix in his Instagram post, um, he he you know said some really nice words about Jonas, and at the end said something along the lines of "Obrigado papai," and um, he really is the father figure on the team, and I am concerned as to as to how the locker room. Makeup is changed with a guy like Jonas leaving. Um, we've seen we've seen three absolute titans of the locker room leave in the past few seasons. We've seen Julius Caesar, Luisão, and now Jonas leave this locker room, and uh, it's such a tight knit, strong locker room leadership has left. I'm looking forward to seeing. Some guys step into that leadership role this season. Um, is obviously sticking around. I think he's the leader of the locker room right now, along with, obviously, uh, Jardel and Andre Almeida, who are the captains. Um, but, man, seeing Stalas leave. I mean, the, the smile on his face was, was priceless. Um and the joke was that if if Jean Felix is a son, it was a net inetto grandfather and grandson when he was bringing in Tiago Dantes. Tiago Dantes looks like a kid on the field. I mean, so much talent, but he looked he looked about fourteen years old when he stepped on the field. But so much potential for that kid, um, and then. Basically got going after that. uh, Not a good first half, but it was hard. The pitch was almost unplayable. Um, Don't worry. I know people have complained and commented on the status of the pitch at Stadio Deluge. In a month's time, when we play our first home game, okay, on August the 11th, that pitch will look pristine. Okay, those roots need to grow those of us here especially in the United States I know we we like to have yards or gardens as they say in the rest of the English speaking world with, with with nice lawns and nice uh, nice grass we know if you roll out sod okay if you roll it on it takes time for the roots to grow the roots don't just automatically start growing into the ground until those roots grow the grass loses a little bit of color it, it will come back that grass is going to look great when the season starts um, and Befika has said as much um, so those two were two big departures okay Jonas João Felix it's a lot of goals that walked out the door okay a lot of goals went out the door the, uh, in the first week if you will of preseason or in the first two weeks as of today, I believe it's now official. Salviu has joined Boca Juniors. But I think I have managed to collect a bit of a transfer fee for him. I think that's great business. Um, unfortunately, Salviu was not has not been at his best for some time now. Um, injury after injury, really, really. Uh, Hurt what well, would have been, I think, a world-class player. There was a time, remember, where we I, we thought we were going to sell him. He, every team in the world was looking at him, and he broke his arm on the last day of the season. And I think that arm break um, that season kept him at Benfica some extra time because I think he would have been on the move that summer. Um, best of wishes, of course, to Salvio at Boca Juniors and returning to his native Argentina Um, He's not that old, guys. He's not that old. I think he's 29 years old. He's not as old as he seems. He's got a lot of wear and tear because of the injuries. But he's not that old. Um, Looking forward to seeing if he can reinvent his career. Give it a a jump start, if you will, in his native Argentina. In Boca Juniors. Boca got a big round of 16. Copa Libertadores matchup with Atletico. Paranaense from Brazil. Okay, they're going to play, I think, next week. So, I'll be looking forward. They're saying that he may debut in the Copa Libertadores. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, We saw today, I also heard, and it seems to be, that Benfica are going to be bringing in this Italian goalkeeper, Perrine. All right, um... Not sure how I feel about that. I I, um, I came to really like Odie last season. Um, if this guy's a better goalkeeper than Odie, then obviously it's a good signing, but I think we're spending quite a bit of money on, on a goalkeeper. Um, it appears that the club don't have the confidence in Odie at the European level. That's my assumption. Um, and Perrine has gone on the record saying that Bruno Lage and... Luis Felipe Vieira, and Rui Costa all worked very hard to convince him to come to Benfica. So, it sounds like they wanted an upgrade there. Um, I feel for Odie. I think he he was quality last year. Aside from one bad goal, he gave up one bad goal against Bolognese. That's really all you can blame him for. Um, He had some trouble with crosses, but... but, We'll see. Maybe he'll he'll fight for that position. And maybe we'll have a goalkeeping battle. And we'll have two great goalkeepers instead of one. Uh, it sounds like Spilar is on his way back to Belgium. Either to Anderlecht, to to Standard liege or to his uh, hometown Antwerp. Uh, we'll see where, where he ends up. Um, Slobeen is also a talented goalkeeper. We'll see. Uh, but if we're bringing in a €12 million Euro goalkeeper... From Italy, who was a backup at Juventus, he was he had been slated as the heir apparent to Jean-Louis Luigi Buffon. I believe he had some injuries, which which hurt his uh, ability to uh, win that position last year at Juventus, and um, he's looking to re and recreate. He's looking to jumpstart his career, if you will, give it a boost in Portugal with Benfica. Um, Great. You know, we're going to the Champions League. We have to do better in the Champions League than we did last year. So if if that's what it takes, if it takes an upgrade at goalkeeper, I trust that Rui Costa and Brunelage and less so Luis Felipe Vieira, they know what they're doing and they know that they needed to upgrade there. Um, also, Yuri Ribeiro has gone to Nottingham Forest. Uh, Krovinovic has gone on loan to West Bromwich Albion, both in the English uh, Championship. Not the Premiership, the Championship. But very good loan deals. Or I I shouldn't say loan deals because Yuri Ribeiro went on a permanent move. A um, few other players have been loaned out. Um, we'll see. Yonder Khadij has already picked up a knock. He's been injured, as has David Tavares. Um both of them picking up injuries in the intellect match. Um, first day of training, like I said, uh, it's, it's really, this is when I miss coaching. Uh, when I see video of the first training session and that first day, just everybody's got such a spring in their step. You're so ready to go, you know. You've had your three to six weeks off and you're just ready to get to work and to do what you do, which is to play football. And I can only imagine, you know. Bruno Lage, being the the training manager, the training coach, he is. You know, the trainer. Um, I can only imagine what the two a days with Bruno Lage must be like. It must be phenomenal. Um, you know, the, Shikin, you said in the post game interview, in the flash interview after the indirect match, that you know the players are still adapting to the Mister, and that you know um, he there's going to be an adaptation period, but they. On Sunday, they looked like there's already some adaptation going on. I mean, the rhythm is there. The speed is picking up. Of course, in the first match, we're not going to break down the matches here because, uh, for example, in the Anderlecht match, 30 different players played. There's really nothing to break down. What I did notice, though, that kid from Anderlecht, man, uh, Jeremy Doku, if I'm not mistaken, was his name, 17 years old, uh, this was Anderlecht's fifth match of the preseason, so keep that in mind. Uh, new manager, Vincent Kompany, that's right, the world-class defender who uh, became an icon at Manchester City. Belgium international player manager now at Anderlecht. Uh, I don't think he's done any playing yet this preseason. But uh, he has his team playing some good football. They were sixth in in the Belgian league last year, I think you can expect them to compete for the title this year. Just on the performance they put on against Benfica, yes, they're further along in their in their preseason. They're further along in their uh, preparation. So, uh, the, some of that is why they had so much success against Benfica. But Jeremy Doku, seventeen-year-old Belgium, Belgian, excuse me, was just a handful on the left side for Benfica. Grimaldo was not ready to play at that speed yet, and no one can blame him. It was the first game of the preseason. You know, he's not match fit, obviously. I mean, they had had two-a-days for 10 days, and... uh, Oh, excuse me, they had had 10 training sessions. I shouldn't say they had two-a-days for 10 days. I don't believe that was the case. I believe they had 10 training sessions. And, um, you know, Doku brings this pace that... uh, You know, Rimaldo just wasn't ready to defend at that speed yet. Understandable, but uh, he really was the man of the match in that game. That's a player I'm going to be looking out for, uh, seeing how he progresses, seeing how that player develops. But um, for Benfica, the one guy I'm really impressed with so far, the left-back Nuno Tavares. Okay, not David Tavares, the midfielder, the left-back Nuno Tavares. All right, He came on for Grimaldo, had the assist to Chiquinho in that uh, Enderlecht match. Um, of the new signings, Chiquinho looks ready to go. I think he's going to fight for a starting spot. Uh, Jota is not a new signing, but he's looked good in this preseason. Um, he looks determined. He wants to win a spot in the team. He wants to get into the eleven. That João Felix position is open right now. You know, the Felix slash Jonas position is open. It's between Jota, in my opinion. Um, It's between Chiquinho and RDT for that position. Uh, RDT, you can see his class right off the bat. Um, Just in the first game, in the first ball he received, the way he turned so quickly and just took the ball towards goal, you could see the ability there, even if... The synchron uh, synchronizations are not there yet. The synchronicities with his teammates, you know, he's still figuring it out. There's probably a bit of a language barrier there. Um, you know, coming from Spain, Spaniards are not known for adapting to to foreign languages very quickly. Even Portuguese they find difficult to understand. So I'm sure there's a bit of a disconnect there. Um, I could see him partnering with some with with uh, Seferovic. Seferovic picked up his first goal. Against Académica in that eight nothing win earlier uh, on Sunday this past Sunday, um, there's a lot of combinations they can make up there. Uh, you could see Rafa can also occupy that that supporting forward spot if Bruno Lage decides so. And Jota can play in Rafa's position. There's a lot of options. I'm really going to be interested to see over these next three matches in this preseason. There's three matches left. There's not much there. It's a week's worth of matches. Sunday versus Chivas. A week from today, actually. A week from tonight. uh, Fiorentina at Red Bull Arena. And then that following Sunday against AC Milan here in my backyard at Gillette Stadium here in, in, in Foxborough, Massachusetts, right up the road. Uh, we'll see. After that, they get the Super Tassa the very next weekend against Sporting. Um, obviously, Bruno Lage wants to have his team ready to play in that Super Tassa game. That's a cup game. Um, that's a game to, you know, some say it's a preseason game. Some say it's a, it's a real game. I want to see Benfica go after it. Obviously, I want to see us accumulate as many trophies as possible, especially right now with a good team like we've had the past five, six years. We want to see us accumulating trophies. You don't have, you know, five, six, seven, eight year runs like we've had too often. So I want to see Benfica take every advantage, not take any more competitions for granted the way they did last year, taking the domestic and um, your the domestic cups and the European. Euro uh, Europa League for granted the way they did last year, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing Sunday. Now the game is going to be Sunday. It's at it's going to be an eight o'clock p.m. kickoff in Portugal, which is a five p.m. Sorry, a three p.m. kickoff here on the east coast of the United States. So it's a noon kickoff um, local time in Santa Clara, California. Uh, Shout out to all the Befikistas out there in California. We gotta get into that stadium. Be heard, alright? Hopefully, we'll we'll have a nice big crowd at the open training session Thursday morning, tomorrow morning, alright? Like I said, this is gonna be a short podcast tonight, but um, hopefully everything is 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 flying on all cylinders Sunday. Chivas are not a team. L- listen, they're not one of the top Mexican teams. They're one of the most supported Mexican teams, one of the two big clubs. But their football, their their form on the pitch, has not been there. Um, they're they are much further along in their preseason. However, as their regular season starts immediately, they um, play tonight against against. Um, Fiorentina, and then they're going to play Benfica this weekend, and I think a midweek game, and then the next week, and they're into the Liga MX season. All right, but they have struggled the last two, three competitions in Mexico. Okay, they've not been in the playoffs the last couple of tournaments, and um, ever since winning the title under Matias Almeida a few seasons back, I would say it was Apertura 2018, I think, is when they. That would have been a year ago, so it was further back. It was it was Apertura two thousand seventeen was their last championship, um, which led them to winning the Concacaf Champions League a year ago. Under Mat- under Matias Almeida, but um, Bayfica should be able to take care of business in this match. The only thing that could affect is th- it's going to be hot. It's hot here in North America. Um, a bit drier on the west coast okay when they get out here in the east they're gonna find humidity unlike anything they experience in Portugal but I think that's good that gets them to build some some spirit gets them to build some team unity as um, they work together you know to get through this preseason and there's good leaders on that team I think I think the team's gonna be well well looked after uh, obviously um, top-notch you know, facilities and conditions uh, for training here in North America. That's why these teams come here be- between the money that's going to be made playing in these matches, the exposure, and, of course, the training facilities are second to none here in North America. There's no question. Not that the Seychelles is not world-class. It is, but I don't think they're going to see a drop-off when they get to Stanford. And I'm going to assume here on the East Coast they're going to train at Rutgers. That's where they trained last year. Um, so I'm gonna assume that's where they're training I could be wrong but typically I think they day train at Rutgers University down there in New Jersey um, but you know Sunday should be interesting um, I will try to get another podcast done between uh, the two between the Chivas match and the Fiorentina match my plan right now is to make the road trip to Harrison New Jersey next week next Wednesday to see the match in person against uh, Fiorentina uh, we'll see. We'll see if I can make that happen or not. Um, there's a few things, personal and professional, I need to move around in order to make that happen. My hope is that I'm going to be there. Um, try to get a podcast in between those games, even if it's on the drive down to New Jersey. We'll see. Um, also, I'll try to get another one in between the Fiorentina match and the AC Milan match. And we'll be right into our season. And like I said, I owe you guys still a Benfica, a Benfica podcast podcast. Relating completely to Ozeb, you to those two videos that I post, I tweeted links for. I will do that again. Okay, I've watched the videos. I need to watch them again. It's been so long. Ever, So many things came up. I will get that to you. And I'm also going to be starting a new series. Okay, um, an occasional series. And I'm going to dip my toe into the water of recording in Portuguese for the first time. And it's not going to be Benfica related per se. But it's, it's, it's sort of... Related to Benfica history in that um, I've decided I'm going to call the podcast Jata carioca Carioca, which um, it's going to be. I'm going to be accompanying JJ's uh, first season in the Brasileiro. Okay, I watched him. I watched Flamengo play last week. Um, I followed the game, you know, on the on the social media and on the apps over the weekend. The six-one win over Goiás. In, the, in his debut in the Brasileiro in the Maracanã. They got a big game tonight in about, a, in about 20 minutes or so. I'm looking to get home to see. Um, they're going to play the second leg of the Copa do Brasil against Atletico Paranaense. Okay. Round of 16. Uh, or quarterfinals, actually. I'm interested to see that. So, um, when I have some free time, I'm going to put that out there. I'm going to put it on the PTB Soccer Network. And I think I'm also going to post it within the within the feet of Mr. Benfica, even though Jorge Jesus is long gone as a Benfica coach. Um, I'm going to interconnect it because he, he he's a former Benfica manager. And I, this is a real interesting... I think this is going to be a real interesting uh, drama that's going to play out down there in Brazil of, uh, of uh, JJ managing in Brazil. Um, so far, he's got his team going like he has, like he did with Benfica, like he did with Sporting. We'll see where this goes. Uh, it's a long season in Brazil, not time-wise, but match-wise. 28 rounds to go in the Brazilian League. Well, 27 rounds to go now in the Brasileiro. Okay, and they're going to do it all by the beginning of December. So, uh, it'll be exciting. So, And I've been wanting to record in Portuguese or to give it a shot. So, that's going to be my, my go at um, recording in Portuguese. And uh, I'll have, obviously, posted here on this feed, like I said. And I'll post links. On Twitter and on Instagram and whatnot, um, you'll be able to find it. Again, I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho, okay, on Twitter at Mr. and on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. You can find me there. That's going to be it for this week. Like I said, there's nothing really to review on on those first two matches. Um, Benfica won the, the Hospital de Luge Cup or the Tasa Hospital de Luge found it a little bit ridiculous that there was confetti for, for a two team preseason tournament where one team's in the second division, but it is what it is. Um, occurrences in the crowd. Let me hit on that first. Um, I echo the sentiments of Bruno Leisch. Um There's no place for violence in this sport, there's no place for violence in the crowds. Um, I don't understand. I agree with the guys from Benfica FM. I don't understand why Benfica is still playing preseason games in Portugal against Portuguese teams on the road. They're going to these stadiums, billing them, bringing money to these teams, and these teams' fans are, are insulting the players. They're starting fights with, with our fans. Um, completely ungrateful and completely disrespecting Benfica in every way. I think Benfica should just stick to playing in the ICC, should bring in foreign teams to play them or should go abroad to play foreign teams. I don't think. Befica. Last year it happened against Stubal. They're insulting Benfica all game. Um, there's no need to help these teams at this point. I really don't feel sorry for any of these Portuguese small teams with their small mentality and the way that they operate and with their rules of not allowing Benfica swag in the stadium, you know, not allowing uh, Benfica tickets, uh Quadrupling ticket prices when Benfica comes to town, all of that—they're going to do all that. Why is Benfica lifting a hand to help them? That's just where I stand on it. Um, but that's going to be it for this week. All right. Um, so I'll catch you in a couple days. Uh, stay tuned to the feed to see the next uh, the next podcast being released, and also keep an eye out for Jota Jota Carioca. Okay, that's going to be the name of the JJ podcast where I'm going to I'm going to break I am going to cover if you will JJ's maiden season in Brazilian football. That's it for this week everybody. Thank you. We'll see you in a couple days. Força Benfica, carrega Benfica. Damu 38. Bye everybody.